Welcome back to the Crown Rust Podcast for episode 231. This is Rapid Responses, uh, session five. And this episode is uh, over 100 minutes of pure education on how to effectively manage a coach and proven responses and ways to handle almost any situation. So this is a full deep dive into you know effective game management, into what is the right thing to say at the right time, because uh, everybody is different, so we got to communicate differently to everybody, and there's a lot of different ingredients that we can deploy in and out every game. So hope this episode is very helpful for you. Hopefully you can listen to the full thing. Uh, I gave you the full episode here for Spotify, Apple Music. Really appreciate everybody checking out the podcast. For full episodes and way more content, please check out our Patreon page. The episode um, link is in the description of this episode. So hope you're having a great day and uh, serve the game. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. This is exactly what I said, and this, this works on any level. Coach, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but I would never tell you which plays you need to run. Please do not tell me which fouls I need to call. Is that fair? And he got so deflated that he didn't even want to continue the conversation. Guys, I uh, just want to say before we get going, really appreciate the fact that you guys are all here, wanting to get better, wanting to, you know, be a part of this community. This is um, week nine that we've been doing it, and we're gonna keep 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 it going throughout the year and beyond. So uh, glad that you guys are kind of in that first wave, and you know, we're just sitting here each week and we're putting in the work together. And, and I know we're growing, we're all of us are growing through these sessions whether it be, you know, whether we're talking about communication or we're practicing our signals, we're watching film or we're bringing in a guest every month. And I got, you know, a lot of good people lined up in the future. So, you know, very grateful that we get this opportunity that you guys give me this opportunity. And I don't, I don't take that for granted for one second. Um, anybody have any questions or anything they want to say before I kind of get into um, the meat and potatoes of what we came here for? Feel free. So, Recently, actually yesterday, the NCA released a memo regarding sportsmanship, regarding respect for the game. And I think it's really big. You know, I like I got I got the notification on my email and I, I read it right away because I just I felt like it was going to be good. And I, I, I got to be honest, I never enjoyed reading a memo more than this because I feel like it's speaking exactly what we're sitting here doing and and the kind of the mission that crown refs has been on to improve this aspect of the game for the betterment of everybody you know so i actually think it's going to be a culture shift um this year i think they're setting a new tone and and we always said it had to come from the top right it's got to come from the top organizations because then it trickles down just like everything else. You know, the bad things trickle down, the good things will trickle down too. And um, I, I uh, compare this to a few years ago, NCAA added something called the cylinder foul, which is you have to give the offensive player um, space to make a normal basketball move. So 
short, long, you know, long story short, we, we presented a new foul. It gave the offense more space. It created more freedom of movement. It was kind of weird at first, the first year, for second year. But you guys probably don't even know what a cylinder foul is in the NCAA because they don't really call it anymore because this one rule impacted the game and created more freedom of movement. So if you ever see a ref go like this, that's a cylinder foul. All right, but, um, you know, it's kind of out of the game. Similar to the flop. A couple of years ago, they added the flop warning, NCA, And, you know, we saw the amount of flops greatly reduced. And now we're in year three of the flop. And it's pretty much out of the game. It's, I, I take that back. It's not completely out of the game, but it's greatly reduced, which makes our job easier because there's less weird plays to have to deal with. Fast forward, I think this memo is similar, right on par with those where maybe in two, three years, like all of these things we're speaking about now, we might not be talking about because it's just going to be a technical foul or coaches will just get better. You know, you would think, or that that's just kind of my intuition or what my gut's telling me. So I think it's, I think it's great. So I wanted to focus on this memo tonight because I actually think it's going to give us some, a great perspective a new perspective and some more ammunition when we're speaking to these coaches we can we can pull directly from this memo um did anybody read it so far no i saw your I post did. but i didn't get around to reading it <clears throat> i've been meaning to i read it it was lovely <laughs> what'd you think carmelo <laughs> i liked it i mean it talks about i mean it was already in the rule book um, as far as NFHS to not, you know, um, really on sportsmen like towards the official. Um, but now that it's like out there as a memo, everyone's seen it. So I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And even this year in the state of Kansas, I mean, Paul, like if like a fan says anything to like a ref or anything, it's, 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 it's a strict or tight, automatic ejection this year which the kansas high school um sports and activities association implemented this year in kansas and this is an ncaa memo but we're going to call it the same way in high school or or no matter the level you know and and i and when i went to my high school meeting i felt an improvement too like in the board's approach to it or at least the state's approach or the federation's approach felt like there was a little bit added language some new language um so i like that so i'll just run through it and then um you know we can talk about how we're going to apply this in our game uh this is from the rules committee ncaa so as the regular season begins the division one men's basketball oversight committee wants to emphasize its clear expectations regarding sportsmanship and this is in bold letters the highest level of respect and integrity which embody good sportsmanship must be exhibited through the 2021-22 division one men's basketball season and championship comma division two division three nfhs and every other league you ever work as athletic directors commissioners and head coaches we have a mutual responsibility to serve as leaders and role models in this regard basketball is a competitive game which by its very nature may lead to adversarial relationships right we we as officials feel like we're the adversary sometimes so i'm glad that they addressed it and used that language um between opponents but we can apply that to us too 
However, the relationship should not foster a negative interaction. Individuals should employ a behavior that respects the skill level of an opponent and should not create an atmosphere that negatively influences the attitude of the game. Accordingly, the committee would like institutions and conferences to take strong action in response to any form of misconduct or unsportsmanlike conduct by student athletes, coaches, administrators, or support personnel during the season. In this regard, the Men's Basketball Oversight Committee expects all game officials to strictly, this is underlined, strictly and consistently enforce bench decorum and strictly enforce the coaching box rules. As outlined in Rule 10, Sections 3, uh, 4, and Appendix, all right, fast forward, the committee encourages conferences to instruct their officials to have a renewed focus. Love that language right there. Like a renewed focus. Well, we're starting from scratch or, or we're going to rewrite, you know, the book, so to speak, because we needed that. We need we needed uh, to adjust and and a change needed needed to happen, you know, and appropriately penalize. So let me rerun real quick. The committee encourages conferences to instruct their officials to have a renewed focus and appropriately penalize the following types of unsportsmanlike behavior by student athletes, coaches, including but not limiting to Profane, vulgar, threatening, obscene, or derogatory remarks or personal comments relating to race, ethnicity, national origin, religion, gender, gender expression, gender identity, sexual orientation, or disability directed at or referring to any opposing player, teammate, bench personnel, or game official. So in my meeting the other day, they were using a, uh, an example of, hey, if a coach you know, gives you the middle finger, you give him a technical foul, you know, two shots. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's an ejection. You know, if you get the middle finger at you, that's an ejection. So that was one of the examples in one. And hopefully we don't have to deal with any of the things I mentioned, but that's the first thing they wrote and, and it deservingly so. Comments directed at or referring to any game official that questions the integrity of an official. What that means is the examples given repeated references to the number of fouls called against each team. So we always talk about foul count, you know, and, and when I tell officials and not you guys, cause you've already learned this, that you can't talk about the foul count. It's like news to them, you know, and, and, and we continuously allow coaches to use that or hold that above our head. Like they have the leverage. It's actually the opposite, it's the complete opposite. So, you know, we know we know where to go as soon as they start going down that road. So repeated references to the number of fouls called against each team, suggesting an official is cheating. We've always said it's questioning our integrity. It's basically calling us a cheater. Prolonged negative responses to a no call or a call, which is disrespectful or unprofessional. I love that you know unprofessional is there. That's always something that we can use with coaches. Coach. You know, I'm happy to speak with you, but your behavior has been, you know, unprofessional these last few possessions. You're going to have to do better. Is that fair? So we can, you know, we can use that line. Um, and includes, uh, so disrespectful and unprofessional and includes, but is not limited to thrashing the arms and disgust, right? Demonstrating demonstrating was it in there but i'm explaining you know throwing the arms up and down you're demonstrating a call you know you're 
you're showing physical disgust and it's really bad for the game dramatizing contact by reenacting the play so anytime they're sitting there doing their mechanics whether it's a travel that's what they're talking about a hit a guy's getting hit you know push you see it all the time so they're not allowed to practice their signals on the sidelines um where we at Thrashing the arms in disgust, dramatizing contact by reenacting the play, or running and jumping in disbelief over a no call. You see them jump a lot, right? It sounds funny to say, oh, coach, a coach is jumping. No, they jump. They jump. They run. They, they gallop sometimes down the sidelines. I don't think they skip. Um, but all of those locomotor skills you may find a coach doing. And they're not allowed to do that. So again, these are, I want you to think about these things. And then when they happen in the game, that's the offense that we play, that we go address the coach. You know, if you you see them running up and down the sidelines after a no call, the next time out, you get over to them. And hey, coach, I'm very approachable. If you have a question, happy to listen, but you cannot run up and down the sidelines after a no call. And that might just be a technical foul, you know, but uh, tonight is rapid responses. So a lot of the things we're saying, it's under the notion we're not giving a technical foul. We're using our words to keep the game going. Um, But again, that's, you know, we have to be able to run the game. And a lot of these things that they're mentioning in this rule, in this memo is a technical foul. But we're going to use it as offense when we're not giving technical fouls. So page two. So there was um, seven bullet bullet points they listed. So number four, a negative response to a no call, including but not limiting to um, approaching or charging an official in a hostile, aggressive, or otherwise threatening manner. So they can't charge at you. They can't speed walk at you. That's, whoa, 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 coach, you could slow down. I can have a conversation, but you can, you know, please don't approach me, you know, in that manner. Um, so aggressive or otherwise threatening behavior, emphatically removing one's coat in response to a no call or throwing equipment. That's automatic technical foul. You see a coat, a coach throw anything, a marker, clipboard, a coat, a chair, pushes a chair, automatic. Continual criticism during a game regarding the same incident after receiving a warning from an official. So what I want to pull from this one is, you know, continual criticism during a game um, after receiving a warning. Okay, but we can use that verbiage as well. Coach, again, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but it's unacceptable to criticize the officiating today. Okay, if you have a question, we could speak. But I'm, we're not going to tolerate you criticizing the officiating. Taunting, baiting, ridiculing, finger pointing, trash talking, or appropriate, inappropriate gestures, um, obscene, provoking, and intimidating towards an official. So if you ever feel like they're doing that, trying to threaten you with their body language or, um, you know, you feel like they're taunting you because that's what they do. And even some of them do it directly and some of them do it, you know, indirectly. 
Some of them will try to try to do it with their words. Some of them will do it with their body language, just their presence. So again, this is all ammunition for us to run the game, whether it's, you know, knowledge for us to give a technical foul or a great um, piece of content for us to pull from to communicate that to a coach. And then pointing up at the Jumbotron, hopefully most of you guys um, are working games in the Jumbotron very soon, um, or showing an electric device, because now Division One is allowing iPads and electrical devices, um, so you're not allowed to show you know, an official a replay. That's an automatic technical foul. Um, so just, just to close the memo, when these activities are witnessed by fans in attendance or by those watching a broadcast, such actions also damage the game, which is a concern to all that who support the principles of sportsmanship. All stakeholders must agree that the behavior exhibited by coaches, student athletes, and institutional personnel should portray the highest ideals of higher education and intercollegiate athletics, comma, high school athletics and rec league athletics and CYO athletics and AIU athletics. In order to be considered for selection, this is a good one too, in order to be considered for selection to officiate in the NCAA championship, officials will be expected to consistently enforce the rules as written during the regular season. Uh, In closing, please note the Men's Basketball Oversight Committee will monitor decorum throughout the season. With your leadership, we can demonstrate our personnel as well as our collective commitment to ensuring that the season will continue to be a great experience for student-athletes and fans alike. So that was the memo. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on it and how you think you you guys can apply it in your games or just love to get your general feedback on what it means to you for this season. It's great. I mean, I think we all know this stuff, right? Like any any of that stuff would happen. I think <clears throat> most most officials would call a technical or at least a warning of some sort, uh, depending on what level of ball, right? Um, but it's nice to hear from one of the highest levels there is that um, that they're addressing it. They're saying they're putting it on paper. They're sending this out to everybody and saying, "Hey." This is the this is the standard we want to be held to, and we're not going to accept anything besides this. So, that's great to hear. Donald, what do you think? I know you're just um, starting off your college career. Yes, uh, I, I I was excited to to see the wording that they use about the NCAA setting the standard and and everyone's looking to them to enforce the rules and it's going to start with them and then trickle down to AAU and high school Um, if they see it allowed at the division one level then it's going to be hard for us to enforce the rules at the AAU level and the high school level so I was glad that wording was used in there so I thought it was good good for us to start our session with that and kind of use that as a foundation. I know it gives us confidence too. And, and yeah, Pedro, a lot of this was already in the rule, rule book, but it's nice to be re-emphasized and, you know, it feels supported. It feels like we're, we're going to be supported, you know, as long as we call the rules as written. And we always say, you know, the rule book is our, 
is our leverage. It's what gives us the advantage in these situations. You know, we have the knowledge. We just have to go execute and, and apply it at the right time. So I want to start with some of the people that have, you know, haven't been to this session yet. I would love to hear feedback on kind of, you know, your communication style, maybe some interactions you've had with coaches recently in your games, and we'll we'll work it from there. Um, Zach, let's start with you. Have you had any games recently or well, have you had any games recently that you want to discuss? Yeah, I had a couple of games fairly recently. Um, I had some junior high stuff and I had some college stuff. We're not college, uh, varsity stuff over the past, like maybe three or four weeks. And I definitely have had situations. <laughs> that's for sure. What would you say the biggest thing you struggle with, with coaches? With coaches, sometimes it's just trying to over-explain myself instead of just, you know, explaining my thought process instead of just going directly to like a rules-based response was something that I, I definitely found myself struggling with at times last season, at least in particular. Um, I'm starting to get better at it, but it was, it's definitely something that's a still a battle that I'm trying to try to win and perfect. You say you explain yourself too much. Yeah. I feel like I tried to explain my thought process of, why I called something a certain way I did or why, you know, something isn't the way that it, the coach thinks it should be instead of just going, Hey coach, this is, you know, this is this, this is what the rule book says, you know, and we're going to go by that. And, you know, that's at the end of the conversation. Um, just, you know, letting them, letting them run the conversation a little bit more than, you know, allowing myself to, you know, kind of more play, you know, I was more on the defensive rather than the, offensive in most of the situations I would say last year. How would you say your rule knowledge has increased? Cause obviously that gives us a ton of confidence when speaking with coaches, having a grasp on the rule book. I would definitely say that my rules knowledge from where it was during my first season, you know, going into the off season and then going through the off season is definitely a lot, a lot greater. I mean, we have really good, um, rules training, I think, in the state of Arizona and um, just being able to work more games, you know, do a camp over this offseason, listen to Zach's rules talks. Shout out, Zach. I know he's not on the Zoom, but, uh, you know, I would say I've definitely increased and I'm definitely com more confident in the rules now. So I really just want to, you know, be able to take that rules knowledge and take it and bring it to the offensive and, you know, be a little bit more confident with it. So let me ask you, what if a coach, uh, you know, you're refing the game second quarter, game's going well well so far, all of a sudden you hear the assistant coach continuously complaining. Just hear him, you know, you're running down the court, you know, you hear him, that's a foul. That was a travel. They got to call that. You just hear the assistant two the to three coach? times. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the state of Arizona, um, our, you know, our officials commissioner, commissioner basically stated that an, an assistant coach is giving us a, a hard time or um, getting to the point where we need to give him a technical we're essentially allowed to remove the coach so i we mean i remove him like eject him eject him yeah they don't want us to have to deal with assistant coaches or give out technicals they don't you know they went over this with the coaches and um 
they're trying to be, you know, they're trying to hold the coaches to a higher standard and they don't want the assistant coaches, you know, running the, running the game anymore. Cause that's kind of what it's turned into. Well, how would you handle that though? You would, you know, what would that look so, like? So I think I honestly, I don't think with something that small, I would throw them out of the game. Um, and right. in my personal opinion, but I would kind of go after and be like, Hey coach, you know, I'd be like, coach, coach, you know, I'm, I'm really approachable. Do you have a question about a play? Uh, you know, I'd kind of start, you know, start with that, you know, start with that kind of phrasing. To the assistant coach? Uh, yeah, man, I probably shouldn't be talking to the assistant coach. What do you guys uh, Probably would, <laughs> man. Yeah, I would, I would, what I should do is go over to the, the head coach and be like, Hey coach, you know, I'm going to need your, I'm going to need the assistant coach to, you know, take a seat. You know, if you guys have any questions for me, I'm more than happy to discuss it, but it's going to be you and I discussing these, you know, discussing plays and scenarios, not, not me and the assistant coach. All right, good. Cause you, cause you gave me, you know, a good response for a head coach in a different situation. The right. assistants, we don't, we don't take that approach. Right. You know, as soon as you hear, well, let me ask you, Christian, let me ask you, how would you handle that situation? Now you have a system barking. What's the next steps? After speaking with the head coach? Uh, no, just take me back, back oh, to your okay. game. You know, mid play, you hear him say something two or three times. Now you have a stoppage of play. What's your next steps? Um, all right, we have a stoppage of play. First, I'd, I'd um, definitely walk up to the assistant coaches or the coaches area after they're done with their timeout or, or anything like that. I'd, you know, I'd walk to their bench. I'd say, hey, I hear you, uh, but please, you know, coach, coach, I'll talk to the head coach. Sorry about it. I got a one-year-old right now. But I'd say, coach, he's giving me a hard time. Let me, I need to focus on the game. Please allow me to focus on the game. And they should get the point. Just let them know I'm here for the uh, here for the athletes, here for the students. You know, Are you just, speaking to the head coach right now or the assistant coach? Yeah, I'm I'm speaking to the head coach, but I mean I'm it's loud enough for the assistant coach to hear. I just you know, I'd, I'd like the head coach to help me out. Hey, head coach. Hey, coach, help me out with the assistant coach or help me out with the bench. I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback from him. I'm trying to focus on the game, and you know that's okay. all I have on that. Good, good. Yeah, so so Zach, make sure you know we're going right to the head coach. And and this this when when we we have an assistant who's barking, we don't even talk to him. We go up and hold the head coach accountable to managing his bench, and then we deploy the head coach to go handle handle that situation. And we could do it just like Christian said. Pedro, what would your words be to the head coach to try to get the assistant coach? compliant i just tell the coach to handle it I, I just, like I, I i've done it before i just tell him hey coach i can't have your assistant yelling at, yelling, yelling at me Mom. so i was the only person i want to interact with is you that's it i just walk away pretty straightforward and to the point now this situation could be a technical foul the assistant could screen travel right 
you know, in your personal space or, you know, demonstrative, get off the bench and screams it. So again, this could be a technical foul. We're assuming that he's just refereeing on the bench and he's, he's a voice. We don't even, he's not even allowed to be an officiating voice or provide any feedback. He could do that during timeouts in a respectful way. You know, our, our only communication, I, I think with assistance should be, um, you know, when they ask us questions during timeouts, that's fine. Cause a lot of good assistants right. will come up and ask you questions and we want to make sure we service them and give them great feedback if they're coming respectfully, but if they're coming, you know, we're not having discussions about the officiating unless they come and ask a question about a call or, you know, was my guy legal or, you know, what did he do wrong? And then they take that information and they actually go use it. That's, that's the point of it all to go apply the information. That's what, you know, collaboration is. All right, good. What if it's both though? What if it's both the assistant coach and the, and the head coach bickering about the same, about the same play call? at the same time. I mean, again, we it, tough to answer these general questions. How loud is it? What does it sound like? Um, just just general refereeing from the bench. Both of them are doing it. Yeah, then so I would take and I would take your approach. I would go right to the head coach. Coach, I'm very approachable if you have a question. But, um, you know, it's unacceptable to criticize the the officiating in the manner you are. You're throwing your arms up, and both of you, you know, you and your assistant, one voice from the bench. Is that fair? Okay, I like that. I like the one voice thing. Yeah, one voice is a good a good cue or a good little um, you know catchphrase that that has worked for me. Um. Coach, I'm happy to listen to you. One voice from the bench, your voice. And then I always reinforce your voice. I'm not like giving him an option. It could be his or his assistant. Um, Jarrell, I got something for you. Jarrell, that last, that last foul I'm you here. just said. Yeah. <laughs> that last foul you just called. How do you call that from all the way over there? Say that one more time. I'm sorry, I'm in my car. You're good. How do you call that from all the way over there? I had a clear look at it from the, even though I was far away. And wow, that's a good question. You're overthinking it. You were, you were, you were grooving. Mm, I can't even give you a solid answer on that. I like how you started it. So let's go with how you started it. What'd you say? I said, I had a very good look at it. It was directly in my line of sight. And I felt that I had the right to call it because of my point of view. All right. I I wouldn't say right to call it, but I liked, you know, directly in my line of sight. Um. Again, I don't want you guys to over explain your calls or feel like a coach is putting you on the stand. We're not on trial. So don't think like lawyers. Don't think like we have to convince them that we got it right. I think if you guys take that, that trait, you'll feel a lot more at ease out there and a lot less stressed when these coaches try to press you or, you know, 
ask you questions. You, you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to defend your calls. You're providing an explanation. So coach, yes, I felt I had a great look at that and I saw illegal contact on that play. Tell me, what did you see? So, you know, we've been talking about asking the questions back to the coach and that's, that's always an option for us, especially when you don't know what to say especially, you know, some of the younger officials that are still, you know, we're all, we're all still learning. We're all trying to um, improve our every aspect of the game, but maybe haven't had as much experience in these situations. Um, You can always ask a question because then that reframes everything under our framework and it puts the coach having to ask a question under our terms versus the other way around. Um, yeah. Ryan, what about you? How would you approach that? Um, let me, let me get you a new one. Ryan, Ryan, that's the same exact play on the other end. Why is it a foul on my guy? Well, just because, uh, plays are this, um, or plays can be similar, but that doesn't mean that they're the same. Okay, I, lo- I love that that opening line, but we have to we have to. I feel like you have to finish it. Like, what what do you want to what do you want to add to that? You had me, you had me, but then right, right, yeah. Just because they're similar doesn't mean they're the same. Um, I had incidental contact uh, on the last play, but before that, um, it was illegal. So, I mean, I know they looked pretty close, but um, there was more illegal contact that I had to call on that last one. That's good. I think you could cut it down a, f- a few. I mean, depending on how much time you have, right? I mean, coach could give you 30 seconds to talk. I don't know. Most of the time, you're not going to get that much. Um, so I, I think that response you gave, maybe we can cut cut a few words out. But I liked it. I thought it was good. And remember, you can always ask that question, especially after you give a great explanation. The question really works. Like the question will work if, if you don't give a good explanation, I feel. And you just then ask them a question and then they'll say what they want to say and it'll be diffused and that'll be that. But especially if you can give them like one or two great lines and then ask the questions, just a really good. Ask them what they saw kind of deal. Yeah, because that's usually the end of it. And once you kind of pass them the ball, they don't have the same energy that they had initially. Right. You know, the conversation has evolved. It's, gone in new directions and it's not the same as when he he started the interaction so like that's usually the last thing they say and usually they say it in a more respectful way and it's just oh i you know i thought we got hit it's a lot of times it's i thought instead of you know more i know when they when they come out initially barking at us Um, Ryan, have you had games recently? Any, um, situations you want to discuss? Um, yeah, I had one, um, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on a scenario where the, um, the coach was, you know, would, would phrase the question as, oh, so you're telling me that, um, you know, you're allowed to just, you know, let's say like hold someone like that. That's completely okay. Um, and then the coach said, you know, he kept saying, okay, well, we're just going to start coaching like that then. 
you know, if, if kind of, kind of like if, if you're not going to call that, then we'll coach the, um, we'll kind of do this, do the same thing back kind of deal. So like, how would you respond when someone says, so you're, you're telling me that what they just did is completely okay. That's not illegal. I'm a uh, coach, which play are you referring to? Talk to me, you know, which, which, yeah, the, the the one where um, he was totally grabbing his arm and, um, you know, wouldn't let him go, something like that. <laughs> Coach, if you saw a grab, you could be right. From my angle, I didn't see any illegal contact. That's why I let the play go on. What did you see? Yeah. As far as them threatening to coach a new way, I don't, I don't have anything to say about that. You know, like he's getting into his strategy now, how he's going to coach. It's not going to play out. It's not like he's going to have his team file more. It's just, he's, that's a little bit of a taunt, not directly towards you. It's kind of like towards the other team, but through you. Right. So my, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily address that unless I felt like it was threatening. Like he was trying to really taunt me. Yeah. You know, I just ignored it, but um, I've had that come up a few times where they say, Oh, you know, you're 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 telling me that's completely legal. So, but uh, but I like that response. Yeah, coach, I didn't have any illegal contact. Yeah. Fair and enough. You, you know, a co- then you can describe what the defender did. That's always another route we can take. Coach, I had the defender establishing a legal guarding position and maintaining that the whole way. Coach, I had the defender um, jumping straight up. Defender had verticality. What did you see? Coach, I had offensive initiated contact on that play. There's a lot of contact on that play. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. I had offensive initiating contact, and it was incidental in my opinion. What did you see? Yeah, I think that just goes back to you know using term- the right terminology and knowing the rules. Can't argue that. Yeah, when we could, when we can find a, a good mixture of the rules and then just good communication, um, it's very effective. You know, tell you a quick story. This um, this week I had a game. Um, it was my first scrimmage, and you know, it was really, really great to get back on the court. It's always nice working like the first game of the year with good partners and, and getting a good assignment. So it was just a good way to start. And um, so we had a play where um, A1 is shooting a three-pointer, balls in the air, foul occur, uh, excuse me, balls in the air. Now B2 turns to A2 on the box out and chucks them while the ball's in the air. So we have a foul, basket goes in. Now we're scoring it. It's a three-pointer. And then we got to indicate that team A is getting the ball back. So that's a that's just a play type, you know, on that led to this communication that I'm or this encounter that we had. But that's just a, um, something to discuss in itself. You know, when we have a foul on a made basket and we're staying here, those plays we got to really really slow down because there's a there's more um, signals. You know, it's like a a, a bigger sequence of signals because we have a three point attempt foul score it back to what it was now where the ball is coming in and then we got to go recommunicate that at the table 
So biggest thing is just slowing down on those plays, you know, really, really slowing yourself down, going step, step by step. And then at the table, um, score the goal. It's a three-pointer, fouls on white, 24, push, blue ball. Um, so that play happened. Um, as I call the foul and then go report it, I hear the coach um, shouting, you got to call the first one. You got to call the first one. Um, as I was rotating over to the new, new center position, you know, for to administer the free throw. So I just, you know, I don't, I'm not a big advocate of yelling across the court. Normally I, I don't shout across the court, but I felt like in this moment, that's all I had. Um, so I just said, coach, I'll be over at the next dead ball. And then I quickly turned my attention to the free throw because I wanted to let the coach know that that's all I'm giving him. And now I'm focused on the next play. So a few possessions later, called the timeout. And it was one of those he calls the timeout to come argue the call. So I see him approaching. Uh, I'm in the lead position. He's uh, far side, you know, across midcourt, opposite bench. I see him getting ready to close cross half court. So I know he's coming for me. Now, again, this is another play type. We can't allow coaches to come on the court and speak to us. We have to usher them back to their box. Uh, I know Christian, we talked about that play down in Georgia. This is exactly that play. So as soon as the coach, you know, starts speed walking to me, I'm speed walking to him. I'm giving him the signal and I actually hustle up because I don't want him to get any further. Coach, I'll, I'll speak to you in your box. Now, before he had shouted at me, he said a few other things to the crew, said a, one or two things to me, you know, just are not uh, complaining on the sideline. Travel, that was a travel, that was a foul, you know, call that. So he had already popped up on my radar. So by the time I approached him, this is another critical element. He's not leading that conversation. And I know me and Carmel spoke about this on Monday and will. He's not leading that conversation. We're not um, going over to speak to him to have him speak to us because he just got to speak. So that's where we got to run the game. And this is exactly what I said. And this, this works on any level. Coach, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but I would never tell you which plays you need to run. Please do not tell me which fouls I need to call. Is that fair? And he got so deflated that he didn't even want to continue the conversation. It was almost like his words fizzled out as he was trying to ex re-explain the play. He was like, yeah, but I felt like my guy uh, got pushed first. And, uh, and then he like mumbled. And, and, then, and then I, ad I added this layer. As, as I knew the conversation was over and he had nothing left, and he said one, one or two more things, but he said it much more respectfully. Coach, I really, re I really appreciate the way you're speaking to me right now. I really appreciate, uh, you know, your level of respect right now. Or I didn't say that. I said I really appreciated the way you're speaking to me right now. So it was like I gave him a compliment on top of all that. So think of all the things, you know, I did. He was at a nine when he came over to me. I immediately said I'm approachable, which means I'm a really nice guy. So you should take that into consideration before you scream at me. Then I, then I say I would never which is provoking empathy, which is trying to give him my side of things and let him know, you know, what you just did, I would never do. So those are, that's like a bang, bang, great way to get his attention 
kind of control the conversation. And then you tell him exactly what happened. You know, he's basically giving me, giving me instructions what to call. You have to call that, he said that. You guys got to call that. You have to call that. We would never tell him which play to run, right? So where's the two-way hey. respect? What do you got, Carmel? No, I just have a question on that. Um, so, you know, for men's, when you report the foul, you go away from the table. Mm -hmm. And so for NFHS and women's, we say we stay table side. I, so would that response work when you, you know, you tell them I'll go to you on the next dead ball, but you're already table side. So hypothetically, you're table side. It's like, well, why can't you talk to me now? No, absolutely. I'm glad you brought this up. And this is, and that's, I'm so happy you brought this up because you guys have to have the talent to know which level, which game you're working, how it, which rule applies to you. And, and we're not going to get too rule heavy on, on these, these calls, but that's a great point, Carmela. So no, we're going to take a different approach, right? Um, and some of it might apply. Now we're not going to say, I'm going to talk to you the next dead ball, unless you're just you know, you're, we're, you're not having that conversation with him right now. But in this case, what I would have done would just rotate over to him. I would have crossed the midcourt line, told my partners I'm going to go speak to him real quick. And I don't even like doing that. I don't like crossing half court to go talk to a coach. That should not really happen unless it has to. In this case, it was a scrimmage, so I was going over. But that's just, I don't think that looks good either. When, when referees leave their positioning, right? It's our duty to be in the trail position um, on that play or the center. And now the coach is taking us out of position to complain. So, but in that case, um, I would report the foul. Coach, I'll be right over to you after I report the foul. And then I would go say the same thing I just told you guys. It might be a little bit sped up because it's not during a timeout, but I would use that same approach. What, would, what I, would you say in that case? No, I, I mean, I would say the same thing. I'm like, let me report the foul first, and then I'll speak to you. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. You know what? Let me, let me alter that. I wouldn't even say anything to him before the foul. Like, report the foul first. Try, try, try as best as you can to not say anything before the foul. Because a lot of times we wind up getting confused and we forget um, when we when we get distracted. So do you think that's like, I mean, how do I say this? Like, come not coming off like as ignoring him because he's trying to talk to you and you're just, you know, on the table, not really acknowledging him. No, he's interrupting you while you're doing your oh, job. That's the okay. way I see it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, it's, there's just two ways you could look at it, right? I think he's interrupting you while you're trying to do your job. You're, he thinks you're ignoring him. I mean, that's just a matter of opinion and perspective, but that's not something we can't worry about what he thinks. That, that's another issue. We, we as officials think a lot about what they think. doesn't matter. We think about their feelings. We need to stop thinking about their feelings. They're not thinking about our feelings. I'll tell you that right now. So I have a question. Absolutely. What do you got? So when a coach says, I want the same call on the other end, how do you respond to that? Coach, if the same exact play happens on the other end, we're, we're going to have the same exact result. Is that fair? Even if I'm not in the trail or lead position at the time? Well, so you're saying he's shouting this onto the court now? This is not an opportunity shouted, I'm to in respond? The, I'm, in the I'm in the lead. 
my partner's in the trail and the coach is saying to me, Mr. Fisher, I want the same exact call on the other end that I have on this end. the same exact way and this because is because i'm during, not i'm in a different position right this is during a live ball you're trying to referee the game right and he's shouting this. okay Correct. so this is a different approach you can't really say anything to him a lot of times when they're shouting at us during a live ball we shouldn't be having that many conversations during a live ball right so let me right. ask you guys if you have and this is a good um general idea you know when we have to address something about a coach whether it's the way they spoke to us whether it's they shouted out a few possessions ago whether they threw their arms up anything if you have to approach the coach Jarrell when do you think the best time to do that is because you can't do it now would you say dead ball dead ball more specifically what type of dead ball timeout okay that's it that's the best the best time and it's it's following their timeout at the end of their timeout, not at the beginning. They're hot at the beginning. Right. You don't want them there. You want them at the end when they're deflated. They've already talked to their team. They've coached them for 90 straight seconds or whatever, 60 seconds, 30 seconds. You got them. You get them just when they're done talking, when they have no ammunition left. They already right? took it out on my players already. Okay. Yeah. When they're alone on your island. And all their bo- and all their boys just left, and, and it's just you and him. And, and there could be players around, but they, you know, emotionally they they left, right? And and then okay, so what are you going to say then? You 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 chose a good time to go talk to the coach. He shouted at you a few times. How are you going to address that? Um, just like you said, coach, I'm approachable. I'm very professional, and you should be as well. Tell me which play that you uh that you're talking about. There were like three or four plays that happened within that time frame. Yeah, so let's go specific there. And you're right on the right right note. But um, coach, do you have a specific play you want to talk about? Get real specific right there. You know, I like that you said, coach. There's you know there's three or four plays you're talking about. Do you have a specific play? I wouldn't even mention the three or four. I would just get right to the specifics. The and this was a verbal judo concept. Actually, I take that back. This was um, Scott Butler. And, you know, this is something we've always talked about, but Scott added a new perspective to it. The quicker we can get to the specifics, um, the less firepower they have. You know, that's the ball gets thrown in our court. That's to our advantage because they can't explain specifics. They're very generic. All they do is shout generic things. You know? So one more time, Jarrell, what would you give me your approach again? Oh, um, coach, you can talk to me. I would talk to them at the end of their timeout or the dead ball timeout and say, coach, which um, specific play are you talking about? And if you can tell me, I explain to him the best way that I can. If he not, if, if not, then we on to the next, uh, next play. That's that's just, that's going to be successful. And again, but there's going to be a, a thousand ways you're going to have to say that. And there's going to be other things you're going to have to say based on their behavior. 
So you might have to take a more off offensive, not offensive, offensive approach um, where he's just listening to you and, and you mention exactly what he did, whether okay. he was throwing the arms up and, and, you know, you had a good approach coach. I'm very approachable if you have a question, but it's unacceptable to throw your arms up after a disagreement of a play. Is that fair? So I know we're building like a good stock response, but I don't, I don't want you guys to bring it in every situation. You know, I'm just giving you my most common examples pretty much, but there's many ways I take it based on that moment, based on. So again, and these are things you just, you're going to learn to add pieces to this. You're going to form your own um, responses off, off of this or, or build on top of it. You know, so don't think, what me and you are talking about right right now, Darrell, is, is going to work for you in tomorrow's game if that's not the right situation for that for that response, you know? And that's right. where our talent lies and our self-awareness and our game awareness. Anybody have any questions or, or comments to add so far? I do. Hey, Sharice, so, how you doing? Sorry I didn't say hello. Everybody say hi, Sharice. I had a game, so I'm coming in a little bit late tonight. Um, my question is, when you have discussed something with a coach and they're con and you've given them your response, but they're constantly coming at you, it just seems like you can't get them off of you. And how do you best handle that? Because I've had situations like that happen, and I'm just like, like I've given you a response. I'm, you know, I'm not going to change how I officiate. But then at the same time, I need to be able to officiate and not have you hounding me every time I make a call. I get this one? My? Please. Uh, Therese, I, I try to um, put them in your shoes, right? I, I, I've said to someone, listen, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't do, I can't have you in my ear the whole game. I can't effectively do my job if you're constantly in my ear about these plays. You know, just try to almost make them empathize. And try to see Correct. it through through your eyes, right? Like, right. You know, say, hey, like, listen, I'm trying to do a job here, but if you keep talking to me while I'm doing it, I can't do both at the same time. So sometimes they'll back off, but then again, you might have a situation when they don't. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, that's when you you can issue your warning. You always have that in your back pocket, or it may come down to a technical if you've already had these conversations prior, right? So mm -hmm. feel free to add to that. Oh, but that's, that's usually my approach. This is next level, homie. Just watch me. Stay fresh. You ain't gotta look sloppy. Keeps your uniforms tucked. This is what you need, huh? Don't delay. Now it's time to get knee tucks. From the umpires, referees, and brooms. To my ballers, keep the audience watching all your moves. Cause you don't wanna lose. Now you looking so official. Gotta get your knee tucks. Everybody gotta get them. Knee tucks. You already know what's up. Knee tucks. Keeps uniforms tucked. Neatux.com. Okay. Anybody else? Come on, somebody got to say something. What are you going to do in the game? Where's the verbal judo master, Donald? He's got to have something for us. Tell him that you're not their uh, punching bag. <laughs> oh, what do I... 
Brian, would you really use the punching bag line? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the best thing to use, but I mean, if you're in a lighthearted moment, you know, maybe you could, uh, get away with it. Yeah. If you say it right. Yeah. If it's funny enough, but you could find a better way to describe that. Um, so Sharice, so back, back to your situation. So let's get specific. Like how many times would you say a coach, you know, in this situation has barked at you and have you addressed it? Is this the first time you're addressing it? Have you told, you know, what were your steps prior to that? So the more context you can give, the better answer I can give you. Um, it's happened a, a couple times, especially when it's a, a competitive game for sure. And so oh, I remember last year, this coach, <laughs> I don't even know where he said it because he heard a fan um, from his school say it. Um, so we were at like a, a 5A varsity boys game and I called a foul. And, you know, one of his fans said, that's a class 2A foul. And then so the coach is repeating the same thing. And I said, I'm reporting. I'm ignoring him at first because they were down by 13 points. We got like two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You know, and at that point, he's just repeating what he heard a fan say. And so I'm just kind of giving him the death stare like. Don't give him the death stare. (laughs) <laughs> just I don't know it's my mom desk there and I'm just like <laughs> can't be serious I see it right now I got scared yeah yeah so it's like I'm, I'm looking at him like coach you can't be serious like I did not cause y'all to get down by 13 points and so I just kind of went back to my spot and he didn't say nothing else but at the same time I should have said something to him then but I'm thinking game time two minutes 13 points down I, I he had a good want... flow to the game, and I didn't just didn't want to insert. It wasn't needed at the time, I think. But, you know, he said it a couple more times as I came up and down the court. I'm not telling you how to stare at your kids if you have to, but I want you to take that out of your ref game where you're staring at a coach because you're, like, mad at him, and even in that moment, or you're shocked at what they said. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just need to res- respond better than that, and that's just going to – help relieve some some of your stress too, right? So if you feel like a coach is continuously complaining, this, you know, did you, did you hear that the last interaction we had with Jarrell, the best time to do it? What a time, but it wasn't there. That time never came up. You didn't have time to, so he just said three or four things in a shorter period of time. There was no time out following that. Correct. There, okay. I mean, it was like the last few minutes of All the right, game. That's fine. So let's move on from that game, but let's just move on to your next game. Okay. And, and you are going to have time because this is going to happen now in the first half. Right. So you get over to him at that next time out. Or if you have an opportunity sooner at a dead ball, meaning this could come in the form of you inbounding the ball close to his bench. You just get over there and, and speak to them before you inbound it. Or if you find an opportunity to switch with your partner during a timeout excuse me, during a a free throw, you know, you know, that's another way we can play offense there and kind of go address something. I'm always looking for opportunities to address bench decorum. So these are just some of the ways we can do it. um, In addition to the timeout being the best one. So let's just say use the timeout 
following the timeout. Um, okay. You go up to the coach after the timeout. He is continuously complained. What are you going to say to him to get him to be compliant? <laughs> I try to stay out of these situations. This is where I need help at. This is, okay, um, great. This is why we're here. And, and um, no, you're not going to stay out of these situations anymore. Bro. These aren't situations. Right. This is part of the game. Is. Yeah, it's just a game. It's just a yeah, friendly game, right? But now you're a college official, so we're not going to be avoiding these anymore. You know? Right. You're a good official, and these are just some of the next steps. And we all go through it. And it some of us pick it up soon sooner some of us don't actually not really anybody picks it up soon you know so you're right you're right in you know you're right where you you're supposed to be and you're gonna you're gonna grow and be able to handle these situations better so you just got to go execute though and we got to be courageous and we have to be bold and know our job our job is to go run the a, a basketball game it's not that serious it's not, you know, like we add, we add the stress to it. We make it way harder than it is yeah, because of the outside noise because they make it harder for us too. But once we can get to the level where we're, we're kind of blocking it out and not, we're not scared of the repercussions. Like the coach is not going to, he's not going to punch you. He's not going to, he's not going to tackle you. Like, <laughs> so. You know, these are just some mindset things I want you to take away. Back to the specifics of what you can say. Um, you know, Coach, I really respect, uh, you know, if you could play the, play it this way too. Um, I really respect the job you're doing as a coach. It's very hard to officiate, and it's even harder when uh, you're shouting in my ear when I'm trying to referee the play. I'm happy to, to listen to you right now if you have any plays you'd like to talk about. If not... If not, please let me concentrate on the game. Is that fair? Okay. I'm going to send you this sheet. This is a Google Google Drive we have. Actually, it's in the mentor sessions folder. So you guys, okay. I want you to check that out. And, you know, we'll continue to add to that. But these 12 comments that coaches say, we wrote a few responses out. The one, some of them were, were listed now. But really, really look over that and... Again, timeout is a very effective way to go deliver your message. And, and hopefully we're doing this to close the door so we don't have to speak to the coach again. Getting back to my game um, that, that I explained before, that was the last time I spoke to the coach the rest of the game. I think that was for a reason. I think the, the coach knew, like, you know, I'm, I'm a strong communicator. I'm, I'm a strong game manager. If, don't call me over here. Like you just shouted at me. Now it's my opportunity to come, you know, serve the game and service you. And that's what, that's what we're going to do. We're going to serve them. And sometimes they, a lot of times they need to, you know, we need to dictate the terms of the dialogue. And that means we get to talk about um, what's in play. You know, we get to referee basically the words that they say. And when they get out of line and when they say unsportsmanlike things, that's opportunity for us to either give a technical foul or use that to our advantage. What do you think, Sharice? Definitely. Good stuff. What else are you struggling with? Um, that, that's it for the most part <laughs> right now. 
what other responses that you that you heard of you've been stumped on would you say um it's not so much stumped on, it's i had a scrimmage and so you know the the problem was i know the coach really well and we did a scrimmage for him and he i got into this kind of a debate on the play that he disagreed with i knew i was right by rule but he just couldn't accept the fact that um by rule that that's just what it is so his player had like a, a player control foul um defense obtained legal po uh, positioning before his player went up for the shot she came down crashed into her and i called an offensive foul and then he tried to say uh well that was a delayed whistle all this other kind of stuff no i didn't have a delayed whistle i was just trying to make sure i'm looking at the result of the contact she could have came up and came straight back down and not made any contact at all you don't have to defend yourself number one and you don't have to defend a, a delayed whistle so i wouldn't even talk about that he he doesn't hold any leverage by you by saying the whistle is delayed coach thank right. god i'm not on a time limit sometimes we need to see the play a little bit longer to make the best decision right i would <clears throat> or like you said paul um i'd rather be late and right than early and wrong What's the coach going to say to that, Sharice? Yeah, I mean, he found something else to say, and I just kind of went on. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then he tried to say the, the bucket should count. The bucket does not count on player control fouls. They do not. Yeah, so uh, I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I don't want you to get into a debate with the coach. Again, this right. goes back to something we were saying earlier. Don't try to prove the coach that you're right. Don't right. try to prove, don't get into this like debate. We should never go, it should never get to that, but this back and forth. No, it's you're providing the rule, a rule based explanation. They have to take it or leave it. It's really that simple. We don't have to convince them or help them understand the rule. It's not our job in that moment to explain the entire rule. Um, and, I, and I think that'll help with, with your guys' approach when you do go speak to a coach, just knowing we're not in a court of law. Do you guys feel like you have to prove to the coach or, like, um, convince him that you're, you're right? You feel that pressure? Go ahead, Jerome. In Oklahoma, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do at times. Even, you know, even though as a first-year official, I, I somewhat know what I'm doing. But um, at times I do feel that I have to explain what I call to to a coach. And it does get annoying. It really, really does. <laughs> it does. Now, um, like now, um, like now it doesn't matter to when like I first started because I mean, a couple of years ago when I started officiating, I thought like, like my job was to be buddy buddies with the coach. And I learned like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what like, like what the coaches say and it's not going to throw me off my game like I know a coach is going to say something to try to throw me off but but I've learned to just be yourself have your same mindset don't get um don't get emotional and think about what you got what got through here because because you're strong is your greatest strength thanks for sharing that will so, so I want to relieve that stress from you guys right in this meeting we're having tonight take a, to take a new approach. Um, and yes, Drill, you're going to have to explain yourself. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's after you give the explanation. That's it. 
and and a lot of you are then trying to conf- reconfirm with the coach. That yeah, that's you, where it lies. What'd you say? That's where it lies. I have to re like confirm him, like keep on doing it, and mm-hmm. it's just come on. So that gets into being okay with disappointing them, being comfortable with that. You know, that's a confidence thing. Say that um, one more time. I'm sorry. Um, being comfortable disappointing them and knowing that that's going to happen naturally. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's on them. They're the one disappointed. You, you know, as long as you're doing your job correctly, you, you can't worry about who you're making happy and who you're disappointing. I think we do that too much. I think we, uh, you know, worry about what they're going to say or what they're going to think. And I, listen, it's it, it's natural. It happened happened to me last week. Happen, it's going to happen to me again. I just like continuing to preach this because, you know, my brain keeps hearing it. I need it, this. We need constant self talk, constant reminders. What else you guys got? Um, back to the patient whistle. Um, I think it, I think it's even more important as you go up the higher levels to have that. So don't 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 let go of that. Don't let don't be discouraged by a coach on the on the patient whistle. You know, I mean, you gotta allow yourself time to process it. As the game gets faster, we have to slow down, and that's our opportunity to slow down, right? Um, sorry, three year old slamming yeah. doors. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and just don't let I mean, don't let others, I mean, speed up um and get into your head. Like there were times I think last year, um, that I like before this summer, like what like wouldn't slow down from my um call um and and, and go report quickly and 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 um and, and just maybe relax a little bit more with your back, just shake it off quickly. Um and and um, and just go report it slowly so the table can like hear i mean can can see how you report and and remember your numbers ryan let me ask you this what are you going to say when you're uh when a coach complains about your partner's call uh well your tried and true method. I would say I, I would never talk about your assistant like that. Please don't talk to my par- about my uh, partner's calls like that. Um, if you have a question, my partner will be over at the next dead ball um, to answer it. But you know, I, I wouldn't. Um, I'm not going to comment on my partner's call directly. So Zach, Jarrell, Charisse, I want you guys to upload that, make that update, because because you're going to hear coaches complain about your partner's whistles as well and that's not an opportunity or that's not a platform for them for us to just listen to them complain about our our crew right we have to have something at our disposal at right. our disposal um yeah i used know? that like three weeks ago how did it go it went really well uh, because it was actually i was excited for the game and in part because it was you know the first time that my actual partner that we were working together during the summer um, for my in-season partner. So, um, you know, coach had something to say about it. I was like, I was like, I was like, coach, hey coach, you know, you know, I coach, I would never 
talk to one of your assistants that way. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to coach. And coach, I'm not going to tell my partner how to referee. Uh, if you happen a question about a specific call, you know, my partner would be more than happy to speak about that with you. And then it ended there. Also, I want to add this layer. Let's not be so quick to offer up our partners. I think I think we do that, and that and that's okay. It's okay to do that. We're you know we absolutely can do that, but I just I don't want you guys to use it so quickly, where it's just like, yeah, Paul will be right over, and I'm like, no, I really don't want to discuss that call. <laughs> <laughs> so just like have the game awareness to know when the right time to do that is. And right. I, tr trust me, I love going up to coaches actually and and explaining my calls, especially like on a on a foul and I have to rotate over. Like I'll come running, timeouts. I'm I'm gonna come running. So that may not apply to me, but I, I don't want partners to to offer up other partners so easily and so quickly. Like uh, like we're just like chop meat or something. We're just lunch. We're serving them lunch, serving our partners up. I worked. Uh, I worked the game with Donald this weekend, and someone, a uh, coach, asked me about his play, and I said I had the same exact thing. He's like, "What do you got?" I was like, "Same thing," and I, I really did. But it was one of those where I just he asked me about the play, and I said, "Hey, I, I had the same thing." Yeah. So those are the top two ways I think to approach it. If you if you saw it, then just answer for the coach. Oh, coach, I had the same exact thing. You know, defender was in a legal guarding position took it right in the chest so i saw the same thing what'd you see or the i would never approach or, or uh, excuse me i don't want to explain my partner's call because i don't want him to explain mine and that one goes over well very well too all right what else what else what else yeah i, I just i had a good situation that i i didn't know how to handle what do you uh, got so it was probably three weeks ago. It was um, a varsity tournament that I was working uh, in Central Phoenix, and the kid, a kid comes up to me. Well, like after a call he didn't like, shoves the ball into my chest. Oh. So right, I I I team up right, I team up right. Um, you know we we're about to shoot the free throws. Coach comes running down down the sideline toward the toward the end line, and it's like. He's like, what did he do? What did he do? He's like, he's like, it's not about you, ref. It's not about you. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know what to do in that situation. I'm like, I'm like, coach, I'm like, coach, that's enough. You know, the only thing I knew to say, it was like, you know, it was a very unsporting, like, you know, gesture that he made toward me. And, you know, I'm not going to tolerate that. That's, that's all I knew, knew to say. I didn't really know, know what else to tell him. Where where were you and where was he and what was the was it a dead ball timeout? So it so basically what happened? Uh, I called a blocking foul okay. on on a kid. You know, a one was going up to the basket. B one was the one I teed up because he's the one that shoved the ball into my chest. Now did he like? How did he shove it? Like forcefully. Like. Like. I mean, like. I mean, is that a is that an ejection? In hindsight, it probably should have been. Yeah, he pushed, um, you he know, pushed. I was being a little generous because it was summer league ball, but I really shouldn't have, you know, because that's what you know other people told me too. They're like, you know, that should have been an ejection. You shouldn't yeah. have been a, 
Okay, so that's that's step one. He pushed you. He pushed you with the ball. But that's that's an automatic ejection, number one. Right. right. And I wanted to ask you that because I wanted to differentiate between him shoving it in your chest, which to me is a push, versus throwing it at you, which could still be an ejection as well. But it also yeah, no, could it be was, a T. No, he, like, handed the ball, like, not just handed the ball, but, like, shoved it into he my He knocked chest. the wind out of you. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, Um, but I was like, I was so, I'd never experienced something like that before, so I, the only thing I knew how to do was, the only thing I knew to do was, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give the kid a technical. Hey, Zach, you know, that's a good, that's a good time sometimes to lean in on your partner. My partner was new. It was, it was my, Yeah, we're both. Sometimes, sometimes you can give yourself that time to talk to him and just come together and even help yourself gather thoughts. You know, and don't feel like you have to be rushed to call that technical. Huddle up with your partner, you know, talk about it. Hopefully, someone more experienced at the time and be like, all right, what did you have there? And if you say, yeah, that should be an ejection, then boom, we call it, come together and say, boom, he's out of here. Like, you don't have to feel like you have to administrate that technical right there and then. You can blow your whistle, huddle so, with your partner, right, and then decide. All right, what what, what do you have there? Because I think Donald and I have had that a couple of times working together, where you know it's an intentional, or it either could be intentional or foul, but at, at the conclusion ends up being foul, and or I mean intentional. Um, but you know we came together and be like, hey, let's talk about it, and then we, you know, we're not talking. 30 seconds, we're talking 10, 15 seconds. What did you have? What did I have? Boom, boom. And then then administer the foul, whatever it may be. Okay. So what's yeah. like the, what's the official uh, like signal for an ejection? Because I've never, act, I've only ejected a coach once. Like, is there an official? Am I it's just the same thing, right? Point out? Correct. It's the same thing. Should be. Just Throw them in the bleachers. Yeah. Because the great thing about calling a foul, a foul can always be upgraded. So, so Zach, stop the clock, boo-boo. And, and for Tex and ejects, I'm blowing the whistle 12 times. Maybe not 12, but like, boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. All my texts are super loud. You know, that's just how I I approach it. You know, that's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to shout at you. I'm not going to um, sell you with my calls, but I'm going to blow my whistle four to six times on real loud plays, especially technical fouls, letting everybody know. This way I don't have to point and like, oh, it was that guy. It's like, no, we all know who it is. Boo, 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 boo. And I'm stepping towards the player that I'm going to call the foul for, technical foul, while I'm tweeting. So stop the clock, technical foul, ejection. Right, because you're going to do a T first, and then eject. So it's just a one technical ejection. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Um. Okay. So let's get back to. So you gave him a technical foul. You reported the technical foul. Went and then the coach ran up to you while you were reporting. After I reported, like when I was administering, about to start administering. Free throws. 
Because you, there was a shooting foul. It, it was a shooting foul first, and then and then a technical foul. So. And he he let me go back to the verbiage. Let's go back to this uh, memo. Hold up, hold please. Um, I think it was four. Uh, I'm a negative response. Okay, a negative response to a call or no call, including approaching or charging at an official in a hostile, aggressive, or otherwise threatening manner. And um, okay, so does that connect with this play? Does that yes. meet the criteria? Yes. So he ran at you? So like he basically like ran toward the like ran toward the end line, like was like took two steps on the court and he was like, What did you know, what did he what did he do? What did he do? You know, it's not about you, ref, it's not about you, and like started like trying to go out and go at me basically. What are we doing here, group? What are we doing? What are we saying? How are we handling it? I mean, all you can really do is explain what he did and move. I mean, he's, move on. He's coming out of his coaching box. Let's put him back on his coaching box. Yeah, that's the first step. But so from, if we're going back to the letter we read earlier, right? This is technical foul. Ding, 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 ding. Based on what we read earlier, Way, the way you've described it, it's easily a technical foul. You could be nice and say, hey, coach, just go back to your bench and talk to him there about it, depending on the game situation, but it's a technical foul. Here's why it's an automatic technical foul, and this is when we talk about having context for the moment. What just happened? His player pushed you. His player should have gotten ejected. His player pushed you. And that's what he's coming and aggressively charging us at and arguing. We have to have even less tolerance for that. You know, and we have to show more strength there. That's just a technical foul. Right. I mean, I wasn't yeah. there. Right. You know, um, just everything that you're explaining. And, and again, we're, we're looking on this memo and we're supported here. But doesn't that make sense, though, on a, on a on, on this is the play he's he's charging us and arguing about the play I, I got pushed on. We right. have to have even yeah. less tolerance. No, I I needed to be way more on the offensive on that one. You know, definitely it was a learning situation. If I was to go, go back and do it again, obviously I would have I would have just ejected the kid. Zach, was this? You said this is a this was a summer league game. It was like a varsity, like it was a varsity turn a summer varsity tournament tournament for like Phoenix Union. So it was like all the Phoenix Union schools were were getting together for like a weekend, you know, like three or four weekend tournament. Okay. I find that and I think as Paul, you know, we've talked about this before is when you work in AAU tournaments, you're gonna get a lot of these situations. So it's but about high school teams and high school coaches. Oh no no I get it. I'm just saying oh, yeah. like when you're during the summers, if you get to do a lot of AAU tournaments, mm -hmm. you get you get all kinds of characters. You become more comfortable in these situations. 
So when you come into the high school season doing these high school tournaments in front of people who who are going to see you at your next level, right? Regardless. Right. So you will be way more comfortable to just do what's natural. And you, you won't have, I mean, based on the conversations we have, it's just experience, right? The more repetitions you have at this level, you're going to feel more normal. Like, oh, that kid just pushed me. He can't do that. Oof, get out of here. Like, you know, it's just some things just, will come more natural to you. And I think the more games you work, the more comfortable you'll be in these situations. Right. Thanks, guys. You're taking your lumps. So, but let's let's make this situation even more practical, right? Let's remix it a little bit. Let's okay. say the, let's say the coach doesn't run at you. Okay. Um, and he, but he comes over to kind of argue, right? And you have to use your words. That's where we have to run this conversation. And he's not, you know, we're going to explain to him exactly what you know happened, and then redirect him to go coach his player. And go speak to go speak to your player. You know, you provide an explanation, and then I would literally tell him to go go coach his player. Your player needs you right now. We're not getting into a debate about what just happened after I got pushed. So you play offense, you and you run that situation, and don't go into explanation mode like it's a it's a normal play. This isn't a normal play. There's no there's no explanation needed. So, you know, would it be like something more like a coach? I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to explain to you how your player, you know, I got pushed by your player. Uh, Please go talk. Please go talk to your player. Yeah, see, and this is this is tough that we have to bring that into the conversation because, you know, obviously it should have been an ejection. And again, I'm not we've all we've all missed these kind of similar plays. Um, But you're never going to have to apply that. Like, coach, your player pushed me. We're never going to say that again. Yeah, no, I don't want to have to say that again. Well, you could, but the result will be different. His player won't be there anymore. Yeah. Or in a high school game, he will be. He'll be on the end of the bench. College game, he has right. to leave, leave the bench. Right. You know. Right. Um, but just, you know, I just go ahead. Do you know what the NBA is? I, I thought it's like potential. Like it's either like a hefty fine to touch an official, or possible oh, yeah. like. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's um, Oh, it's suspension. yeah, it's big suspension. Yeah, he should have been fined. This little uh, sixth grader should have took his allowance. Little little eleventh grader and get his yeah, take his lunch money. I'm happy to go over any other situations if you guys have. I'm I'm here to I'm here to help and support you. I have a few more minutes if you if you want to jam. I'm ha- I'm happy to. Anybody have any more questions or topics or or plays that has happened to them that's struggling with or looking for more insight on? So um, last weekend I had two coaches going back and forth, being disrespectful to each other, mm-hmm. and um that carried on to their players chirping back and forth. How do you calm down both, both, both coaches and the players? Boo, boo, I issued a warning boo, boo, to boo, 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 boo. double technical foul. No warning. Um, I, I'm very, I'm ve- um, I don't have a long, I don't have a lot of tolerance with coaches trash talking to each other. Like okay. depending on what they say, depending on how aggressive it is. 
you can't let it go on for more than like one as soon as that second like you got to get in there and and do something so so let's play it out how, how did your situation unfold well pretty much i gave the warning what they say to each other and how many times did they say it all i know is that i had my back turned and they were they were going off at each other too much and i turned around and they were still going so i said okay enough wanting to coach one coach two next one would be a personal foul i'm not sorry a technical foul and that's that so pretty much coach one he 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 pretty much cursed at me. He said, call the effing call because I didn't call an offensive foul where there wasn't. And he thought there was, and I gave him a technical foul. That's pretty much how that played out. A coach to coach trash talk is not really part of the game. It's not like a coach to ref or a player to player. It's way different and and it shouldn't be allowed. So I wouldn't even warn him there. You said they were doing too much. Boop, 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 loud, loud whistles. Boop, 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 technical foul, double technical foul, and then a strong point to both of them. I don't like pointing at players or coaches after technical fouls, but that's not applicable on doubles. Double technicals to the player, strong point to both of their faces. Both, right, both of their faces or their chest area. But like I'm saying, strong points on doubles because it's really clear and it's it's not like um an irritant like i'm you no it's like or double tech right here same thing with a coach boop, 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 boop. double tech point at both of them report the tech double technical foul it's a double technical foul coach of blue and the coach of white and then you might want to send, you know, like, or that's an opportunity to send both teams to their bench and call the coaches over. You know, like, that's another play. If, if you feel like it's right for that moment, you could do. Um, but, but we can't, yeah, we can't allow the coaches to, to talk trash. It's not, it's not part of the game. Um, so then a few plays later, he wound up cursing at you and you gave him a tech. Yeah, I pretty much loud whistle and I yelled technical foul and we shot the two shots and that was it. How did you call your tech? What was like your body language and demeanor? Um, he, I, he was on my right side. He was on my right side and I turned around and technical kind of, kind of yelled it because it was pretty loud in the gym and he, he shut up and Went about his business, sat on the bench, and shot the shots. It's definitely a technical foul, so good job. All right. Thank you. Anybody else have anything? Yeah, I mean, um, just to kind of chime in on that, how did I get to that point? Like, when, he, when, when, when was this in the game? Was it in the second half, first half? The second half, his team came back. No, the other team came back because they uh, the other coaches' team was drilling them horribly. It was really bad. And they wind up winning by, like, maybe five or six points. And I guess the coach was frustrated with his team and it took it out on me. Took it out on the stripes. Pretty much. 
I don't know. You know, he was he was perfectly fine. First half, his team is playing well. Everything is fluid. Second half, team fell apart. Got punched. They pretty much got punched in the mouth. That was pretty much it. So the coaches started talking trash to each other in the second half. So yeah, second half. But it kind it kind of went into the other coach being personal, getting personal with it, and that's another reason why I blew the personal fouls, um, technical foul as well. Personal with it by by cursing at you said. Well, he he said something derogatory to the other coach. Oh, what did he say? More of a racial thing, and which I did not hear. And, and so, um, if you do hear it, what are you doing? Um, that's when I stop the game and bring po- both coaches together and mm. have a talk with both nope. of them. Nope. Nope. Ejection. Anybody else? What do you guys think? Not when it comes to racial Technical? Stuff, yeah. yeah. Ejection. Oh. Ejection. I would eject. It definitely technical. At least the technical, if not it's, an it's an ejection, guys. Automatic ejection. Yeah, exactly. Race gone. Goodbye. But to see the but with that part, I didn't hear him say the racial racial thing towards the other coach. The, the cable personnel hey, told me that. Not, well, and then the, that, you know, then the coach, then the other coach told me, yeah, he said that. Yeah, I know. It's tough to tough to ref that after you know we didn't hear it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that it didn't happen if we didn't hear it. You know, like what can we what can we do? Can't do anything. You know, I more or less gave him the technical for, for you know the verbal out out. Outburst of the f bomb towards me. That's where I gave him the technical foul. I mean, listen, I, I take that back. You know, the t- we can seek information from the table personnel. Now, I've never seeked this kind of information, but if you know, if you go with your gut and you feel like the person running the clock, or you know, like you had a good feel, and they're like, "Yeah, he said this," you know, you, I have no problem ejecting. You know, but I'm I'm assuming we heard it. I want you know, I want I want to teach you guys what to do after if we've heard it. But if we we do hear it, anything racial, and and let's go back to the memo. It's not. This is this isn't rocket science. This is okay. Profane, vulgar, threatening, obscene, derogatory, personal comments related to race, ethnicity, national origin, religion, gender gender identity, sexual orientation, disability. All of these topics are ejections. You know, that's it. I I think uh, we're, and again, this will come with reps, but feeling the temperature of the game, right, Jarrell? You see the, you know, the game's getting close. It's getting kind of chippy. Be able to address the little things that might escalate. I think that's really important, especially in the kind of environment you're describing. I just, I can, from my experience, I can just kind of see it. At some point, something's got to trigger to you and your partner or your crew to be like, all right, the temperature is rising in this game. I can't let nothing little blow up on me or, you know, have more of a domino effect. So it's always important to keep a good temperature of the game in those instances, so it doesn't get to this to that point. Hopefully, right? You, you there's in some scenarios you're just not going to be able to avoid it, 
but knowing to have that kind of gauge of understanding like, Hey, this is, this is getting kind of really, you know, it's getting really intense. Let's, you know, let's let the players make the decisions here on how the outcome of this game is going to be, but let's not let it get out of control. So. Thank you. Well said, well said, Pedro. Yeah, it's great. I, I want to add on to that. Can, can you hear me okay, guys? Perfect. Nice. Um, you know, Pedro made a great point. How, how do you uh, uh, gauge the temperature of the game, you know? If you're asking you know, right me, Donald, I, I, I think huh? you can tell. I think if it's a back-and-forth game, you know, uh, you got a back and forth game. Both teams are scoring. It's getting, you know, uh-huh. there's a lot of maybe a lot of contact at the basket, but it's not, you know, there's no illegal contact. Both teams are going at it pretty hard, you know. And you yep. got to watch that body language too, right, between the players. There we go. Is there, is there, there a trash shot? Is there a trash shot can happen after plays? That's a, you know, that's an automatic right there. Boom, boom. Warning on whatever team, or maybe you give a second, you know, maybe to, to to nip it in the butt right there. If you see, if you hear the trash talk, you know. Right. right. That, that, that's a good point. So you're looking at body language. You're looking at, you know, the coaches on the bench, you know, when he, when he stands up, uh, when he sits down. Um, you're listening to uh, the players uh, on the dead balls, on free throws, on throw-ins. You know, you're trying to get any information that you can, you know, uh, to help you game manage the game. And um, you know, nothing really should be taking us too, too, too off, you know, too off guard, too, you know, too much by surprise because we're watching and we're always observing um, from a distance, from a bird's eye view. Yeah, the key is to hopefully never be surprised or never be confused because you're always just ready for whatever's going to happen, and. These are all great um, practices to put in place, having that feel for the game, having that feel for the moment, knowing the temperature, and you do your best to do that. Um, We can look at these incidents and try to re-ref the play on what we could have did differently, and sometimes we can find things to do differently. And then sometimes, plenty plenty of times, it's out of our control, and we just got to go respond to whatever happens. You know, so preventive officiating, proactive officiating is a big part of the game. You know, but just put your best foot forward, do your best to do that. But you're going to have situations that are out of your control. So just be ready to respond to those. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I also, Paul, I, I wanted to comment on the other gentleman's uh, experience with the, the young man shoving the ball in his stomach. And I had experiences like that. You know, it's hard for me to turn down any game. Um, so I, I work in multiple gyms, and, and I work around, you know, sometimes kids that, you know, are a little rough around the edges, and the coaches wearing, you know, backwards caps, and, and, and you know, just so. But I have gotten so much stronger working in those environments, and we have to go through that. Maybe not to such an extreme, but we have to go through these situations to to become better officials. You know, to get you know that way, we can be better observers and be better game managers. So 
coaches, I can name two or three off to you guys that kept me up at night. You know, like, man, when I get in that situation again, you know, that was close, you know, or, or you know, nothing life or death or anything like that. But, you know, outrage coaches, you know, uh, uh, fights on the floor, you know, stuff that got out of control that I could have used better game management, but it made me stronger. So when you get in that situation again, you know, you're going to know how to, how to handle that. So, you know, we have to go through those situations to be better, guys. Thanks for sharing that, Donald. That's what we're doing right now. Well said. Um, we brought in. I brought in a guest tonight, Debbie. I'd love to uh, just say hello to you. I know we haven't met, but thanks for um, joining our session. What did you think? Really, have enjoyed it. Um, as you know, we can all learn from each other. That's for sure. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. You know, I want you guys to um, think about this session, like moving forward when we uh, when we ref this season, and think about um, situations that you can bring so for discussion, so we can all hear. And I and I know once the games get rolling, we're gonna have a, have a lot of these encounters to discuss. So, you know, as you go ref this season, remember these, and then let's bring them to the rapid responses session, so we all can learn from how you know we're responding or, or effective responses and what is working what isn't working and it's just always good to hear you know more and more situations more and more scenarios coach said this coach did this this play happened how do we handle it you know so i think uh once the season goes around we're gonna have this session might be three hours long um so great work. It's been a, been a pleasure working with you guys tonight. Anybody have any last comments before we uh, hit the road? No, oh, good session. It was, it was great. Hopefully everyone took something away from it. Like, Definitely. You know, I Definitely. Thanks, Paul. It was great. Awesome. You guys can reach out oh. to me. Any, okay, what do you got? Feel free to reach out at any time. You guys can text me all of my numbers. Uh, we will be doing the little referee luncheon this Friday if you want to join. About 12.15 to 12.45, a little half-hour session. If you want to talk about the uh, your weekend of games, I have a game Thursday, so I'll probably bring a few plays with me for that Friday session. Um, and it's next, tomorrow, though, Paul, just so you know. Tomorrow is Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. Tomorrow's my game. Yeah, Friday's the <laughs> session. What did I say? <laughs> You just say you have a game Thursday. So oh, yeah. Just teasing you. Just imagine you. Tomorrow is Thursday. Pedro, I go one, Pedro, I go one day at a time. <laughs> Can't go wrong doing that. That's it. I just want to do great things today. Amen. You know? Great um, things every day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Each play. Each possession. Each possession of life. Um, what else we got? And then next week, what do we got? Signal school again, I believe. Yes. Signal school. And then got, I got a few guests lined up. I'm not going to tell you about who we didn't, I didn't lock it in yet, but, um, it's going to be fantastic. So I really appreciate you guys coming tonight. Hope, hopefully you pick something up and you're ready to go apply it in your games. Um, and that's about it. I wish you all a great night. Hopefully I'll see you or hear from you on Friday. 
Great stuff. Have a good one, guys. Paul, thanks a lot. All right. Good night, you guys. Thanks, Paul. Be safe. Good night, everybody. Good stuff, family. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know, if Crown Refs has brought you any value in the past, I would really appreciate if you would consider joining us in our new private community for basketball officials on the Patreon and Discord apps. We have three different tiers of access and content available. We have Crown Refs Pro, Crown Refs Plus, and Crown Refs Mentor. This is uh, next level stuff. If you've been a fan of the content or the podcast for the past few years, or you've been a day one supporter, um, this is the place to be. This is where we have our weekly training sessions on Zoom. This is where we have our live monthly podcast with special guests. This is where we are interacting every day on private channels. So would really uh, appreciate if you could join us in this community. We think you would flourish and definitely accelerate your skills as a basketball official. For more information, you can click the link in this episode description. Have a great day.